You're listening to Addiction Medicine Beyond the Abstract, the official podcast of the Journal of Addiction Medicine. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. Addiction Medicine Beyond the Abstract is produced for your enjoyment and is focused on the latest journal-published research and science in the field of addiction medicine. Remember to add us to your favorites in iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at ASAMorg and Facebook. Now, let's go beyond the abstract. Welcome to Addiction Medicine Beyond the Abstract. I'm your host, Dr. Sean McNeil, and today we're joined by Dr. Tammy Mark. Dr. Mark is a Senior Fellow of Behavioral Health Financing and Quality Measurement for RTI International. She holds an MBA from Loyola College and a PhD in Health Economics from Johns Hopkins University. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Mark. We're pleased to have you here. And uh, firstly, we'd like to uh, ask you a little bit about how you got involved in the study of addiction. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I did a doctorate at Johns Hopkins in the School of Economics and the School of Public Health, and it was funded by an NIMH fellowship. The focus of my thesis was on the quality of care in for-profit and non-profit and public psych hospitals. So since that time, I've been working on trying to find ways to improve behavioral health treatment. Okay, and I I would like to ask about the concept for your study. You and your colleagues examined intake tools and processes to see how these tools impact the patient experience. So how did you decide to study this specifically? Well, we've been very interested in the ACM criteria as an opportunity to improve addiction treatment outcomes, and the implementation of the ACM criteria as part of this Medicaid demonstration, which started first in California and now over 30 states are participating, offered a way to look at the impact of the ACM uh, criteria implementation at the system level, which is, seemed like a really cool natural experiment. And then, you know, knowing that, you know, a third or about a third of patients drop out of addiction treatment within, you know, by the first month and how important it is to try to improve patient engagement and patient experience. We thought that that could be one of the mechanisms by which the ACM criteria could be improving retention and patient outcomes is by improving the patient experience with the intake process because that's the first engagement that the patient has with the provider. Okay, and and you mentioned uh, that intakes based on the ASAM assessment criteria, including the computerized ASAM assessment, uh, provided a more uh, patient-centered experience. How did you determine if an intake was considered to be patient-centered? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we developed a questionnaire that attempted to capture different aspects of patient-centeredness. For example, does the patient feel like they're getting information on different treatment options. Are they happy with their choices of treatment options? Do they feel that the intake assessor was respectful and valued their preferences and their needs? And was the intake assessment comprehensive? Did it consider all of their 
biopsychosocial needs and not just their substance use. Those are some of the aspects of patient-centeredness that we tried to capture with the survey. And then we compared patients' responses to that survey between patients that uh, got the an intake assessment based on the ASAM criteria, one based on the continuum or the computerized version of the ASAM, and then one that was based on something else, more like a homegrown intake assessment. All right. Now, uh, did you find a difference in the outcomes based on whether or not the ASAM assessment was completed through the continuum software? I mean, the main differences were between the, the ACM, either the computerized or the non-computerized, and the non-ACM. And there we found that patients who underwent one of those ASAM-based assessments were more likely to say that the um, intake assessor discussed what they learned about my addiction, discussed treatment recommendations, that they discussed whether they were having withdrawal symptoms and needed detox, uh, reasons for continued drinking, helped me think about whether outpatient or residential treatment would be best for me, and they were also more likely to say they were satisfied with their choice of going to either outpatient or residential. So, so both of them seem to, you know, in summary, I think do a better job of, of explaining, you know, the reasons for going to different levels of care and, and, and helping clients understand why one might be more appropriate than the other and then help clients feel more uh, confident in that decision. And they also did a better job in that domain of capturing withdrawal symptoms and the need for detox, and then a little better also in the domain of relapse potential and and what might cause a client to relapse or not. Okay. Now, do you feel that uh, patients with certain substance use disorders were served better by the use of the ASAM assessment? Yeah, we couldn't really get into that. <clears throat> we didn't have enough, you know, sample size to break it down by type of substance or other patient characteristics. All right. Now, you mentioned that, uh, quote, ASAM patients were 5.5 percentage points less likely than non-ASAM patients to indicate that the assessment was a, quote, waste of time. Do you feel that this translated into better outcomes for the patients? The main difference we found in that set of questions was we were trying to get a, a burden for those questions. And we asked, um, did you think it was a waste of time? And very few patients said they thought the assessment was a waste of time. But then we asked, did you think it was too long? And did you think it asked too many questions about the same thing? And that's where we did see about a 15% more patients saying that the continuum was too long or asked about too many questions or about too many things, a computerized version. So that's a little bit of the dilemma that we're picking up in this research is that an advantage of the ECM and the continuum is that they're more comprehensive. They pick up on withdrawal management and recovery uh, facilitators but and barriers, but they also it also can be long. So trying to figure out that balance, um, you know, is, is uh, we think, something that we need to work on. Okay. And uh, your study mentioned that computerized ASAM questions are pre-specified, and that the patient may perceive the assessor as being less interested in them and less uh, conversational. Did this seem to make a difference in the patient's treatment? We did also conduct interviews with patients and providers that are not discussed in this paper, but are in other study, other parts of this large study, and 
patients generally were not put off by the computer and, and providers said, you know, they, they tried to make it conversational. They could figure out how to make it conversational. Some of it seems to relate to the skill and the comfort of the provider with the computer. So I think it's more about how the the computerized version is administered than the fact that it's computerized or not. Although we did find a little bit of difference in, in the uh, between the continuum and the ECM in that patients were more likely to say in the ACM base that, that the provider asked them for more information. I think the main message is to really pay attention to how the client is experiencing the intake assessment. I mean, a clinician may do those several times a day, and it may be something routine for the clinician, but for the patient, it can be a very uh, emotional, important experience. It's not just about telling them their history. It's really an opportunity to engage them to generate therapeutic alliance to help them understand more about their treatment options and to um, and feel ready to engage in their treatment options. So um, thinking about how the patient is experiencing the intake assessment and, and setting up in a way so that it's a positive experience, be that you know, making it conversational or breaking it up or giving it at a time when the patient is you know, not experiencing withdrawal or intoxication, all of those are things that you know, the study suggests are going to improve, eventually improve outcomes. All right. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mark, for being on the program. I really appreciate the insightful commentary. All right. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate it. This ends today's podcast. Thank you for listening to Addiction Medicine Beyond the Abstract. All of today's show links can be found in the show notes. Remember, you can preview additional abstracts at journalofaddictionmedicine.com. This program was produced by the American Society of Addiction Medicine.